I'm Jorge Salazar, reporting from the Texas Advanced Computing Center. New supercomputer simulations have come closer than ever to capturing real behavior of human heart valves. That's according to recent studies by groups including scientists at the Institute for Computational Engineering and Sciences at the University of Texas at Austin and at Iowa State University in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. The studies focused on how heart valve tissue realistically responds to blood flow. And to be clear, this is ongoing research, meaning they don't have all the answers yet, but they do say they've made progress on a really tough problem that potentially affects hundreds of thousands of people each year with heart disease. The scientists say their new supercomputer models can potentially help doctors make more durable repair and replacement of heart valves. Here to talk more about the computational heart valve research is Michael Sachs. He's the W.A. Moncrieff Endowment Simulation-Based Engineering Science Chair at the Institute for Computational Engineering and Sciences, or ISIS. ISIS has a long history with the Texas Advanced Computing Center. For instance, since 2003, they've used supercomputers here to study turbulent flow. These recent studies that modeled blood flow through human heart valves used millions of CPU hours on the Stampede, Lone Star, and Maverick supercomputers at TAC. I spoke with Michael Sachs in his office at UT Austin. The general medical issue has to do with these so-called bioprosthetic heart valves. And these are replacement valves that are used currently primarily implanted surgically and therefore people who have mainly problems with aortic valve disease. And this is a very common problem. Um, there's probably at least uh, 75,000 to 100,000 implanted per year in the North America and several hundred thousand worldwide. They are fabricated from soft tissues that have been chemically processed and therefore represent a challenge in terms of both the material modeling and also the fact they're in a blood contacting environment uh, and also undergo significant hemodynamic loading. Modeling their function can be very challenging. Although they have, uh, have had many, many years of advanced um, use and development, they're still basically an empirically developed design. Although they are, it's in many ways, it's a very mature product and they have a very long track record of being very successful. Their primary limitation is in structural degeneration and calcification. So that means that over time they eventually break down and then they have to be replaced surgically. Now there's a new family of these replacement valves called so-called percutaneous valves. And this is valves that can be, are designed to be implanted with minimal surgical interventions basically through the skin that don't require opening the chest. But common to all these is the material. It's still the same basic problems with the material design. So our job is to try to develop two major things. Uh, one is the novel material models that model how these tissues deform and, and respond to being in the body within the valve. And secondly, to develop um, models of how the whole valve works inside a blood flow environment. So the supercomputing needs are very much uh, front and center because the computational demands are so high. We uh, utilize what's called fluid structure interaction models for the whole prosthesis, and this is what um, we're also collaborating with the Hughes Group, who are experts in fluid structure interaction modeling. What we're trying to do um, essentially is develop first an understanding of how the current designs break down, and then second, develop techniques to improve them. 
Sachs and his colleagues report their progress on modeling the aortic heart valve in a study funded by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute of the National Institutes of Health and the Food and Drug Administration, published February of 2015 in the journal Computer Methods and Applied Mechanics and Engineering. In it, the science team developed what they call a geometrically flexible technique for computational fluid structure interaction, or FSI. I spoke with study co-author Ming-Chen Xu by telephone. Xu has been working on artificial heart valves since 2012. Formerly a postdoc at ISIS, Dr. Xu is now an assistant professor in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at Iowa State University. A very important thing is we want to use the computational model to study the heart valve. And typically this is done through experimental works uh, nowadays because it's easier to carry out. And also uh, people believe when you perform experiments, people look at the results, they believe what they see, right? So something new about this study is we want to use the computational models and then so we can look at quantities of interest that are not easy to be observed through experiments. For example, like mechanical stresses. Okay, these quantities are extremely important for the long-term durability prediction of the heart valve performance. And uh, FSI is something relatively new that needs to be bringing into this field. And we are definitely not the first group that has been doing FSI on heart valve study. But what's new in this work is we really combine everything. We start from the design of the leaflets, and we can use that directly into our analysis framework and perform a fluid structure coupling study, and then output the stresses, output the mechanical stresses, and then look at these quantities. Okay, And I think this is very, very new. Uh, this combines the idea of the so-called isogeometric analysis that has been very popular in the past 10 years. And this framework can really streamline everything and to uh, perform this type of uh, studies. Hearts really do take a beating. On average, a heart beats about two and a half billion times in a person's life. Each pulse puts wear and tear on the constituent cells of the heart valve leaflets. What's more, heart valve tissue constantly loses and adds new cells, changing itself to remodel in response to the strain of being the heart's gatekeeper. Dr. Sachs was part of two studies out in May of 2015 that centered on the leaflet cells of the mitral valve, the largest of the four heart valves. A May 2015 study was funded by the National Institutes of Health in the Journal of Theoretical Biology, it simulated deformations at the cellular level across the anterior leaflet of mitral valve tissue. One of the um, major challenges there result from regurgitation of the valve, and this is uh, from secondary for people who have heart attacks and have what's called ischemic myocardium, that is myocardium that has restricted blood flow due to a blood clot in the coronary vessels. And so this is technically called ischemic mitral regurgitation. And what we're trying to do is develop models for people who are trying to develop improved surgical techniques to repair the valve and basically give surgeons tools to develop and improve surgical procedures. And this involves a number of different things, including different what's called an annuloplasty ring and optimizing the shape of the ring depending on what your, uh, this is a ring that's actually surgically implanted so that the valve no longer regurgitates the idea is, again, to improve the durability of that repair. To get reliable predictions of how a heart valve inside a real person behaves, Dr. Sachs develops cutting-edge mathematical tools that need some of the world's fastest computers here at TAC. Yeah, well, the TAC resources were essential because the problems are very, very large, but they also require a lot of development. 
and um, one of the real big advantage of being here in ISIS is that we have direct access to TAC facilities. These jobs often run, obviously, multiple processors, try to get it working over the cardiac cycle. It's very, very computationally intensive. Without that resource, you couldn't do it. So, that's, so the TAC resources are absolutely essential to these models. The other thing we're working on is what's called an inverse model, where we can actually obtain 3D images of a patient valve over the cardiac cycle, and then estimate the physical condition of the valve from those images and other information that we bring into the model. That also was done here, and that requires all supercomputing resources because of the computational demands of doing an inverse model. I asked Michael Sachs what's next for his research. Well, for the mitral valve, we, um, the big thing for us now is start developing a left heart model, which we've been working on, and we're going to put the mitral valve in the left heart model. What we're really trying to do is understand how the changes in heart wall properties cause changes in the valve and make the valve regurgitate. So the short of it is to make these models more fully integrated into the actual physiological environment they're in for both the biprosthetic valve and for the mitral valve and other projects we're working on. I think right now the challenge for the bioprosthetic valves is still very much the material. It's the fact that there's really only one type of material and people have been trying very hard to try some new approaches to make them more durable. Let me explain that if you can make a valve that would last even three to five years longer on average compared to the current valves that would corner the market. It would have a huge clinical impact. So you don't have to make order of magnitude changes to have a huge clinical impact. You've been listening to researchers Michael Sachs and Ming-Chen Xu. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.